Hello, everybody, and welcome to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because, you know, what it takes to write the book you want to write is what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. Uh, author to Author is funded by, or is, is, yes, it's funded by the wonderful Pacific Northwest Writers Association, which has been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. We're also a part of, it's brought to us, uh, or rather, we're brought to you by Author Magazine. That's what I wanted to say. Oh, it's been a while since I've done this. I've forgotten my intro. Yes, I have. We're brought to you by Author Magazine, uh, the premier free writing magazine on the internet. We got, uh, oh, we got a new interview up. My conversation with Sheila Bender. Sheila Bender, a fabulous poet, short story writer, or excuse me, essayist, and a memoirist, wonderful writing teacher. We had a great conversation about the memoir, poetry, teaching, Ah, it's great. It's up there now. A conversation with Sheila Bender, authormagazine.org. Like I said, we're funded by Pacific Northwest Writers Association, and you can go find out about them at pnwa.org. Great organization. We're already scheduling the 2019 conference. Yes, we are. It'll be in September, but uh, there has a call for presenters out right now. If you're a writer and you want to present there, you can go to pnwa.org and put in your, in your pitch for an article or a workshop idea. Or if you want to go there and see if you can find an agent, editor, take classes, it's all there. Great conference, pnwa.org. Check it out. Well, it's good to be back, everybody. Like I see, see, I was all flummoxed. I just, I had forgotten. After just two weeks, I'd forgotten how to start these things. It's all right. I had a good holiday. Hope you guys did too. Didn't, I took a week off from writing. That's the longest I ever take off from. But I did. Took a week off. Had family in town. Said I'm not going to try and squeeze it in. But then I got back to it. It's good good to be back. I got stuff coming up. I'm going to be down in San Diego at the end of the month. Last uh, week, yes, 31st, I'll be down in uh, San Diego, the San Diego Writers Conference. I'm going to be teaching fearless writing down there. I'm going to be talking about the memoir. Uh, if you're in that area, it's supposed to be a great conference. I know that um, uh, Corey Doctorow, the wonderful uh, YA author, is going to be their keynote speaker. And my fearless writing class can be the keynote class. Yes, it is. So it's going to be a great conference. Hope to see you down there. Hope to see you down there. All right. Well, so new year, new author. Uh, a guy who lives around the Seattle area near me. It's Taylor Adams. Taylor's, uh, well, he had a background in film. He directed in the acclaimed short film, And I Feel Fine, in 2008. And he graduated from Eastern Washington University with the Excellence in Screenwriting Award and the prestigious Edmund G. Yarwood Award. Got it. His directorial work has uh, screened at the Saddle True Independent Film Festival, and his writing has been featured at KAYU-TV's Fox Live blog. He's also, of course, the author of novels, three of them to be exact. Our Last Night, I Shot, and due out next week, next, yes, I think next Tuesday, the 15th, no exit. Let's talk to Taylor about what it is to be a writer. Taylor, how are you doing? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. Good to have you on, Taylor. Good to have you on the week before the book drops. Very exciting time. Uh, I want to get to that book, but uh, it looks like you kind of started your writing journey in the world of screenwriting and film. Uh, was your initial interest in cinema before you took to the printed page? How did that happen? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I definitely think I still have an interest in uh, screenwriting as well. 
Uh, I studied yeah. screenwriting in college, but if you go back before that, in high school, I was writing a novel. It was about Mount Rainier erupting, and I mean, it was basically the movie Dante's Peak, which I love that movie, but that's okay. basically what I was trying to write back in high school. And then I kind of seesawed over to screenwriting, and then after college, moved back toward, you know, really getting into novels. And my end game is hopefully to do both. Because I think yeah. that'd be really fun, and they're both really unique forms of storytelling they that are. I enjoy. Very different. They're definitely very, different. Very, <laughs> oh yeah. Very different forms. Uh, well, let's before we, let's talk about the, your your time with uh, the camera, because it sounds like you weren't just writing, but you were directing too. So you had an interest uh, in actually putting these things together. You know, did the editing and and all the rest. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, definitely did, uh, like, And I Feel Fine, it was a student film that uh, I think it, it had some, it was fun to make, and I think it kind of clicked, and I really learned a lot making it. I definitely think my personality is a little better suited toward writing, I, I think, because yeah. I did do some PA work out of college, but yeah. I enjoy the solitude of writing, I think, and I... I yeah. I think I like the uh, that it's a little less chaotic. Not to say that writing isn't chaotic in a wholly different way. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think kind of working working by myself for long periods of time, and then taking it to people, showing it to people, and then going back into my cave is a really good uh, workflow for my personality. That suits you, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, screenwriting is uh, and filmmaking in general is an incredibly collaborative experience uh it's it's i mean i interviewed um before she passed away i interviewed nora efron and she talked about filmmaking and she was like man you you know and she was a great screenwriter and director but she was like the the actors bring a ton to it the the set designers bring a ton to it the people everybody everybody's bringing their creativity to it and so it's so collaborative it's amazing yeah uh, it's it's crazy just when you look at like how a screenplay is basically like a, a blueprint and so yeah. much of that artistic, you know, the artistic fingerprints come from people of all different uh, kind of trades. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, um, Woody Allen, I saw, I think a bit of Woody Allen, sort of a documentary about him and they were showing him making a movie and he was giving up uh, one of the actresses the script. He's like, okay, you know, so this is the script, but you know, if you have a better idea, go ahead and just say it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not tied to anything <laughs> I wrote here. And it was very hard for them, of course, because he's Woody Allen, but uh, yeah, he's like, you know, if yeah, you totally. something else you want to say, go ahead and say it. So clever. Okay. So you did that. And so you made, and so you, you, you like the screenwriting and I would imagine uh, that, filmmaking and screenwriting was very helpful in teaching you about the sort of architecture of story. Yeah. Just about very, very much. Yeah. I to talk about that. More. What did I you learn so much? Like what? Uh, through like what? Um, Eastern Washington. Let's see. I love three act structure. I think that is so crucial. And yeah, I mean, that came from, that's obviously a, a cornerstone of screenwriting. I think the, uh, with screenwriting, brevity above all else. Like there's so much about yeah. economy and structure that's just key. You can't meander, you know, you can't dilly-dally. You have to know where everything is headed and every, everything has to be set up immediately within the first page. And I think that kind of be really concise mindset really yeah. 
has kind of sculpted the way I, I write fiction because I'm always in the yeah. back of my mind like, okay, where, where's this going? What's the point? Right, right. Yeah, so do you uh, – so, you know, screenwriters famously outline. Like they – some of them beat it out. I have a friend who's a screenwriter down in Hollywood, and he would write plays just by the seat of his pants, and he was a great playwright. But when it came – when he started writing for television, it was – he would beat it out, you know, scene by scene before he wrote it. And so did you do a lot of outlining and beating out when you were doing the, the uh, when you were screenwriting? Oh yeah. Yes. And probably the same amount for writing fiction. Okay. So it translated it's, over to fiction. Oh yeah. I think a lot of my, a lot of my habits for, you know, both are pretty shared. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. But you know, but the, so, uh, so our last night was that your first published novel, or did I get it? Or is it I uh, shot my first? I shot was my first one. Okay, uh, and so when you wrote that, did you like? Uh, was that so? You outlined that book. You outlined I shot. Did you deviate much from the outline as you were actually writing it? Yeah, I would. I would say so. Um, Usually I find myself doing, I, you know, I'll start with an idea that think, okay, this idea I can work with for a year and not go crazy. And yeah, then I'll yeah. outline, it'll start really, it'll start really broad. And then the outlines uh-huh. will get a little better and a little more fleshed out. And eventually by the time they're about five pages, I'll know it's time to start the first draft and I'll deviate from it here and there. Cause you really, you know, you find the story just by writing it and yeah. then I'll wind up with the first draft and then I'll immediately outline again. And oh, oh, interesting. That'll and when kinda, you say you outline again, oh, yeah. are you just like saying, oh, just like remind yourself of the story you just told or to say, okay, this is what I did. So here's the first draft. Now let me look at the story and, re, and re-outline, reimagine, like changing things. Is the outline, so in other words, is the outline a evolution of what you just wrote or simply a, re, a reduced form of what you just wrote? I would say a little bit of both. Because um, okay. writing a first draft is such a slog, honestly, and it always comes out just feeling completely different from how it started. But I mean, it's such a key part of the process. But right. outlining is just a great way to feel like, okay, that was an exercise. I know the story a little better. Now I can start again from a, a fresh piece of paper, and I feel like I know the story a little better and I know where the dead ends are. Nope. Don't go down that way. That doesn't work. Right. I think it's something new. Right. And yeah, I, I love my outlines. <laughs> okay, and so, so what did you learn? What, what did you learn writing? I shot your first book, your first published work of fiction. What did you learn writing it? That was really helpful for you. Oh man. Uh, tons of things. I think Hmm. I mean, it's hard to narrow it down to just one thing I learned. I think one thing that I've definitely taken from it is uh, to be, I mean, I shot as a pretty violent story by necessity because it's a, it's a thriller about a very violent situation, but I think I I like to think that I'm a little more careful and a little more tasteful with how I use violence. And I can hopefully, hopefully now I use violence a little, um, better and more impactfully even by maybe not being as descriptive of it, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. There's a book called, it came out about 10 years ago 
maybe a little less, called Little B. It was a huge bestseller. It was sort of, it was a literary novel, but it was kind of suspenseful. And it involved a very violent scene in a foreign country with a, with a family that was on vacation. But most of it's done off camera. You know, the, the, the main mm-hmm. character is hidden under a boat, I think. And it's and all the violence is happening that she can hear. And that sometimes is more frightening, the stuff that you can't see, but Absolutely. you can just imagine, you know. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So you learn to just dial to be to be judicious in how you use the violence in eyeshot. Yeah. And yeah. And and did you what did you learn about uh, like dialogue? Because dialogue different in 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 uh, books in in fiction than in screenplays because you can go pages without you can, you don't even need dialogue if you don't if you're really feeling stingy about it in screenplays. But of course you got to use it in in books. So how did that work for you? Learning to work with, with uh, fictional you know, I, dialogue. Uh, going from, honestly, my uh, my approach to dialogue going from script to book has been kind of the same because I think the fundamentals yeah. of, of getting it right work for both. But right, it's cool with the book. You you have a lot more tools at your disposal for how to describe what's not being said or what people are thinking right. about. So there's there's definitely more more tools. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about something uh, as I was reading the opening of your book. Very tense, right from the just the get-go. Uh, in fact, your publicist sent me this email. It was like, I dare you to read this first page and be able to put it down. It was that was her whole pitch, and it, it was quite. It was she was true. It was true. It was very hard to put down right from the get-go. And I was thinking about something though in relation to to your trajectory as screenwriter turned or filmmaker and screenwriter turned novelist, I suppose novelist turned screenwriter turned novelist, but that uh, you did a good job of rendering the physical world of helping me see the physical world, obviously, but it's an interesting challenge writers have. Maybe you could talk about this is that we have to take a three dimensional five sensory world. This is the world we live in and translate it into just words, which is really just thought, right? Because all we're trying to take, yeah. we're trying to recreate a physical experience using nothing physical. I mean, it's it's obvious, but when you think about it, after because you've been working in film where you get to use bodies and noise and color and all these things, you can't do that. You got not all you have is words, and you have to be interested in that. Does that make does that does that make sense in terms of the the, the unique Absolutely. challenge of it? Yeah, can you talk about yeah. that a little bit? I know it's, I've just introduced it to you. Sure. Um... For me, I think when I was first starting out, especially way back in high school, when I was, you know, first going, I want to write a book, I thought describing everything was the way to go. Every single sense of every single thing. And you can imagine how that would read. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's definitely about just getting the right, the right smell, you know, noting the, you know, the right, what the light is doing, provide just a few really key details. I think the reader, based on what they know, will kind of fill in the rest. And then that way you can kind of transport them without having to spend 10 sentences to do so. That's so right. It's really just about finding the right, the right sensory detail. Yeah, because it's true. They mostly we provide, we create, I always think of it like a fertile open field for the reader's imagination to bring the thing fully to life. But we have to provide the point towards it so that they can see it because they do most of the work. Really their imagination does, 
I think, at least half the lifting to get the story told, although they don't realize that's it. the really like, cool. Yeah, that's the really cool thing about it, because it, it, it feels really personal. Yeah, just by it reading is. it, you're kind of helping You're you're making it as you read it, which is cool, yeah. I think. Were you a reader when you were young? Yeah, um, I loved movies when I was young. I definitely read more than I used to. Um, yeah, maybe when I was young. I don't remember. I read a lot of Dean Koontz when I was little. I don't oh, remember oh. myself being a huge reader. Okay. Still love Dean Koontz. But you read but... Dean Koontz, so you were already into suspense. Oh, yeah. All right. That was, so that was just it. Yeah. It was suspense from the get-go. <laughs> yeah. Now that I think about it, yeah. Um, I've got a pretty short attention span, so I think <laughs> I'm really – I mean, I like really? other genres, but – Suspense is a great genre for me for to consume and to write because otherwise I'll just be distracted by something shiny. So Interesting. stories so you've that have be a like, lot of action and have a lot of tension. Right. You the, the threat needs to be constant <laughs> and and nearby or else you'll you'll want you'll just drift away. You've got to it's like you need Pretty the, much. you need the right. The, so and that's always been the case with you. That's interesting. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> Wow. All right. So, and I will tell you, so I started reading No Exit and I'm going to give you a compliment about it, which is that I couldn't finish it. And the reason that the compliment is I can't do good, good suspense just freaks me out and I just can't do it anymore. I try, I try and I can't do it. I get too nervous and I get too upset and I have to put it down. And you had me all upset and nervous. And so I had to put it down. That's the kind I've realized that my, at the age of 53, I'm a faint heart. I can't do horror Suspense, war, crime, none of it. I can't do it, Taylor. I'm sorry. But you, God, you had me scared there for a while, so I probably just couldn't take it anymore. So you really, you did your job. You, you terrified Excellent. this old man. Yes, you did. You really did. Uh, so, but I, I meant, so your, your first two books were published by Joffe Books. Did I get that right? Yes. Is that how you pronounce it? Okay, I assume, I assume a smaller publisher. Is that right? Yeah, they're a uh, small press, uh, digital only. They are in London, and uh, yeah, they are great. So you were happy with that experience? Uh, Digital, not not digital only, not a bad option for suspense because that's probably where most of your sales are going to happen anyway uh, these days. But um, but now you're not with a small press; you're with a big traditional press. And how's that been? No exit. It's been really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, and it's interesting. It's been an interesting um, journey to get there because No Exit was originally published by Joffe Books. And Joffe Books oh. still has the UK. They still uh, have it in the UK. Oh, interesting. And, uh, okay. So it's, it's been a cool – it's been a really cool – So talk to me about that. How did that happen? Was, let's see. It was published – it was published digitally – in the U.S. and U.K., I think it was summer of 2017. Okay. And then um, there was a – it performed – I mean, Joffe Books is an excellent publisher. They do an excellent job with their, their marketing. They're very agile, and they really know how to get a book uh, positioned and get nice. it summed up and you know, get yeah. it to the, the right people, which is just a, a treat getting to be associated with them. And this book sold pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then, let's see, I know there was – the movie rights got sold to Fox, and then okay. uh, and then William Moore picked up the U.S. Really rights. really exciting to our listeners, but having your movie rights sold could be great, but you just I mean, who knows what that means, right? 
Oh yeah. It's, it's totally, it all depends on where they go. And yeah, it's, right. uh, it's, it's pretty daunting. Yeah. But it got it sold. That's great. And so the movie rights sold. And so maybe did that get the attention of, of the, 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 uh, American publisher? Yeah, I believe that's what happened. Yeah. And that then, sounds about uh, right. So really, really fortunate series of events. I'm, I'm so thankful for how everything worked out. That's great. And so, uh, and so the, but that, so that was 2017 that it was published. So you've been, it's been done for a while. So uh, you can't have been just sitting around twiddling your thumbs all that time. You must have been toiling away on the next. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I am, let's see, I am four drafts into my next, next thriller. I hope to have it done maybe in the next couple months. Yeah. Um, what, uh, yeah. Now, it just, is that one already been? Did you sell that one already, or are you gonna have? Are you gonna sell it, Try and sell it after you finish it. Um, that one is. Uh, I've been talking to Joffy Books about that one. Oh. And then. Uh, yeah, I'm actually kind of not sure how that'll work. <laughs> oh, interesting. All right, so no, so it's fine. You'll figure it out. Best thing that can happen. And so this, but you know, so this will be interesting because the thing about eBooks is of course you can't really do a book, a traditional book tour of any kind because it just doesn't work. There's nothing physical. Uh, however, uh, this is out in a traditional press. And so you're actually going to have a few events. Have you, you, are you looking forward to maybe meeting some of your readers in the flesh? Yeah, that'll be, that'll be really cool. I'm very excited for that. Um, it's been weird. I mean, really cool and also really weird just how with how technology brings everybody together already. Yeah. Just through social media, through what have you, being able to directly interact with people like all around the world who've read it is just really it's pretty cool, isn't it? So what's it been like? What, what, so kind of, cool. what do, so I write books, but like I write, kind of self-help type books or, you know, spiritual self-help. So when people contact me, it's always, Oh, this is just what I needed. Thank you. They don't usually contact me to tell me it was a bad book. They don't bother doing that. So what when <laughs> fans of suspense fiction contact the author, what do they say? You scared me. Thank you. What do they say? You know, that's actually pretty much it. Or, you know, I was yeah. late to work because I was up to late reading up too late yeah. reading your book or your book made me physically sick. <laughs> and I think that's about the best thing I can hear as a, oh, as that's a suspense so funny. novelist to get that kind of reaction, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what you want to do. You want to keep them up. Yep. You want them not, you want them to, that's the to goal. Miss appointments, forget their, their wife's yep. birthdays. You want them just to forget <laughs> everything. That's excellent. And so that's kind of what you've been hearing from them. Yeah. It's, it's been really neat hearing that. That's great. That's great. And so you're toiling away on the next, this is, and you're actually going to make a few bookstore appearances for No Exit, yeah? Yeah, I've got a, I know I've got a couple lined up. I'm sure a couple more will keep lining up. Um, yeah, I know I'm going to be in London in March with uh, Joffy Books uh, for the London Book Fair, which will be really cool. Oh, nice. Um, nice. Yeah, I've never been, so that'll be, that'll be cool. Does Joffe do only suspense or are they like a full, like a whole range of books? I think suspense and crime are kind of the biggest focuses. I know there's a, there's a little 
kind of roaming into other genres, but uh, crime and suspense and kind of detective novels seem to be really, really big. And they're really great, great fits, I think, for the digital market. That's cool. Did you find them yourself or did you have an agent who found them? I found them myself. I read a book that I really liked that was from them and uh, queried them. Wow. See, that's, you did it. That's the best way to do it because you I found, stumbled you saw a like great soul. find. That is so cool. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, so let me ask you what, so what did you, so no exit. What do you feel like? Cause I, I feel like I learned something like every time I finish anything and I write a lot of short stuff, but uh, I always feel like I'm learning, learning, learning. What do you feel like you learned writing no exit that you took to your next book? Hmm. Um, I think I would say that I learned to, without getting too into the weeds, yeah. the payoff should always be a, equivalent to the setups. Because, I mean, action is always, yeah. action is the resolution of conflict. So if you've got a very yeah. minor subplot, it shouldn't be resolved with a giant action scene. It should be resolved appropriately in an appropriately oh. minor way. Right. And so, so for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction, kind of. It's like the Newton's law of narrative physics. I, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think, uh, yeah, it, uh, as I rewrote and rewrote and rewrote the ending, I was finding that the, the best ways to resolve certain plot threads weren't necessarily the flashiest or the biggest suspense right. set piece scene I could come up with. It, it all comes down to what role this thread plays in the story. And if it plays right. a very minor role, it should be resolved in a minor way. And if it's a big part of the story, you know, that's when you pull out the stops and escalate it and make it a big deal that's right because if you have a big plot if you have a big plot tension the release needs to be commensurately intense right if there's tremendous buildup of and that's right and that and you felt you were really more aware of that this time i will tell you this is true i teach personal essay for instance it seems like a far cry from suspense but the biggest difference between personal essays that work and for my money personal essays that don't are the endings is it resolved in a satisfying manner or isn't? It's easy to tell a story with, where there's a lot going on, but how do you resolve it in a satisfying way? It's really the biggest challenge I think all writers face. Get the ending, because I think endings are where a book and stories kind of fall apart of all kinds, literary, suspense, mystery, all. I think the ending is the biggest challenge that goes unaddressed. That's my opinion. What do you think of that? I, I completely agree, and I think the when i've got an ending that's not working it always helps to go back and look back at the first act or look at even earlier than that just look at what the story is about because the ending is kind of the ultimate distillation of what the story is about so whatever the climactic point is that is the central question of the the story being answered whether that's a a good answer or a bad answer and so it takes so many so many drafts for me to find what the ending what i feel like the ending should be based on the right. story that I'm trying to tell. But when I find it, I know I've got it. But you have to find out what the but question really is, don't you? Don't you have to really understand yes. what the question is? Yes. And I can only get there by doing a whole bunch of outlines and a whole bunch of drafts. Right. Right. I totally agree. I, I was thinking of a Chris Rock, the comedian Chris Rock said, any joke, any joke can work if the setup is right. He felt the setup because, you know, of course, jokes have a punchline, like there's a the, the, the punchline. And he said, it's all about the setup. You've got to have the proper setup. And I think he's right. And all stories are like jokes in a way. There's the setup and there's the delivery, the punchline, the whatever. You've got to have the proper setup. 
Oh, it's so interesting. Well, all right. So, Taylor, okay, if people want to learn about you, if they want to buy your books or maybe go see you at Poison Pen, where you're going to, when are you going to be at Poison Pen down there? In, it's Arizona, right? Uh, yeah, January 21st and 23rd. Ooh, which date is it? I think it's the 21st that I'll be there. Yeah, okay. Well, if they want to learn about you, where is it? Is it tayloradams.com or is it something more complicated than that? I believe it's tayloradamsauthor.com. All right, sounds good. All right, so it's there. And they can get your books. They can learn about you. It's awesome. Okay. Well, listen, but the, before I let you go, I got one more question for you. What I want you to do, yeah. I, you know, I talk about learning. I'm very interested in learning. That's why we're here. Life is a classroom. I do believe it. Uh, so I want you to answer this. If writing, just writing, period, has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Ooh, uh, I would say not to let your inner critic uh, make you shoot down ideas before you've really given them a try. Just try everything. Even if, even if it doesn't work, try writing it and then look at it objectively and go, does this work? Think about it and then immediately shoot yourself down and be like, nah, that won't work. Right. Because that's that how you pesky, really surprise yourself. Yes. The inner critic is a worry wart, isn't he? Just a big yep. fretful, doesn't want you to be embarrassed, doesn't, doesn't want you to show something stupid to other people. He's a pain. He's a pain. Absolutely. You say, don't, don't listen to him. And don't listen to him. Now, do you listen to him at the end? Like when you're really like, okay, I got to give this thing one more read through. Does the inner critic ever get to look at your stuff or are you always just trying to keep him away from, does he have a kind of role for you at all? Yeah. I think you keep him away at first while you're writing. And then while you're reviewing it and kind of strategizing for your next rewrite, that's when you bring him in and just let him just rip it to shreds. All right. Got it. Keep him in his place. Keep him in his place. He's yes, got a role. Exactly. Never too early. All right, Taylor, listen, it's been a lot of fun. Good luck with no exit and all your other books. I'm sure you got way a whole bunch more where that came from. I sure hope so. Thank you so much. All right, for take it me. easy. Oh, no problem. All righty. Bye-bye. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Yeah. You know, the inner critic, inner critic people, he's, uh, he's not that helpful. I don't think. Uh, well, listen, I, this has been a lot of fun. It's good to be back. I'm going to be back next week with a, oh, kind of interesting, a woman named Betsy Bell had been a student of mine. Now she's got a book out. Pretty cool. We're going to talk to her about that. Uh, so until then, uh, you know, just go do something you, you love. If you like this podcast and you listen to it on iTunes, go ahead and let iTunes know it. Rate it. That's how other people find it. That's right. So you can do that too. Anyway, I'll be back next week. Have a great week yourself. Do something you love.